0: Amen. Good morning welcome to Lindsay Lane. My name is Andy John King. I'm the lead pastor here and I was out last week and I'm ready to go. Open your Bibles. It's Genesis chapter 5. And you know uh, Brother Dusty and I used to laugh about this. You know how people would say sometimes in church growing up they'd get up before they sing a special and say y'all pray for me today because man I'm telling you it could be rough which means they hadn't prepared and it's not going to be great. Uh, I'm just going to say Y'all pray for me today because I got a lot to say and we're going to be here till something happens. All right, we got a lot to work on. And i uh, excited to, uh, to preach today and, and to bring the word to you that God's put on my heart. And Genesis chapter 5, I, I hope as it's January, I hope that we're all thinking about getting better. I hope that it's the desire of our heart for a fresh start to, to establish or reestablish a foundation. I hope we're hoping for a greater sense of purpose in our life. Uh, a new day in our life, a new day in the life of our family. Maybe you need a new day in the life of your church experience, and I'm hoping that with all uh, of this being said, that we realize that with God, all things are possible. This series for this month is called With God, and it's possible because with God, but it's also possible because God is with us. Now, that's what we've just come through. Before the arrival of Jesus, the prophets told us of a coming king. They told us of a deliverer that was to come a savior that is coming into the world and for years upon years God's people were to have a worthwhile wait they were to wait but they were to wait well they were to have a life of expectation for God to come down and to be with them because God with us means that everything can change and then Christmas time and with Christmas we realize that God did come down Through the birth of a child through Jesus, and the wait was over, and the Son of God arrived. And the scripture says in Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. God came down. Jesus breathed our air, he felt our pain, he knew our sorrows and struggles, and he died for our sins. God with us means that we can be right with God. It means that God has revealed himself so that we can be right with God, reflect his glory, because we are forgiven of sin. God with us means that we can have the power of God to live a life that brings Him glory, that overcomes selfishness and sinfulness, and that makes a difference in this old world. That's what God with us means and makes possible. Brittany and I have two small children. With each of them, as soon as we found out that she was pregnant, we began to wait We prepared the rooms, we bought all the furnishings, we were given the bottles, we chose the names. All of these things as we were living with the expectation of an arrival. And then came April 26th and March 28th. And with those new birthdates and those new children when they were born, they were with us. And when they were with us, everything changed. Our time changed, our mind changed, the way that we acted, the places that we went. Everything that we did changed because the relationship that we hoped for had now come. They were with us. And now when their birthday comes around, we talk about the day that they arrived and we talk about how awesome it is that they came into the world. But listen, we don't live there. We waited for that. Now we're walking with them. So we've gone from what we waited for to now walking with. God with us is not over once Christmas has come and gone. God with us is an incredible start to everything possible. It's a realized truth that each day the Holy Spirit of God, the very presence of God, dwells within every life of every believer who has repented of sin and turned to trust in Jesus Christ. Lord, would you make all this plain. I pray in the name of Jesus that the glory would be yours. I pray, oh God, where I am weak, make me strong. And Lord, that this word would not be for anybody's glory but yours. Lord, help us to focus on you and what you would do in our life for you. In Jesus' name. What is certain is that once we are in Christ, once you and I are for real saved, We have personally experienced God with us. Our attitude must go from what we were waiting on to now walking with. I want to be open with you this morning. I want to be transparent. I want to be real with you on this Sunday. I used to sincerely pray for God's will to be done in my life. Now, I'm honest with that. I used to pray that more than I pray now. I don't even why, know why that is now or, or what changed that. I, I find myself, just to be quite honest, I find myself praying now for God's will to be done more in the life of my children than in my own life. And I don't know what kind of Christianity that is, but it's not walking with Christianity. In, in fact, it's caused me to reflect. I've had some time in the last week to, to think about that. But, but if you want more confessions, I'll give you another one. I, I, had, I had a sincere realization last week as I'm thinking about New Year's and what God would do in my own life, I have a sincere realization that as I preach to you every week, I need God to speak to me more every week. I need God to, to inspire me to be a better leader. I, I, I want to hear more from the Lord about how to be a better husband, a better father, a better friend, a better son, a better brother, a better church member. I need more of God in my life. And I'm telling you the truth this morning, I'm lacking. But here's the deal, I'm a child of God. I know God, and God knows me. I've turned from myself and turned to God. I am a follower, believer, real deal in Jesus Christ. And because I am a follower of Christ, every weakness I got to become a strength is on the table. Because with God, all things are possible. With God, everything's on the table, y'all. So I don't know what your resolution is this morning. I don't know what you're thinking about. I don't know what weakness you've got that you want to be stronger. But here's what I can tell you. In and of yourself, you can do a whole lot, but it may not matter. But with God, all things are possible and certainly purposeful. I love New Year's. I don't mind telling you, I like making New Year's resolutions. Some of y'all are like, I make those every year. They never pan out. I don't do them anymore. I'm fine with it. We all got good intentions. Some of them we come through on. Some of them we don't. I like the New Year's time because it's a great time to consider changes. It's a great time to think about a fresh start. A great time to try something new. A great time to try something new again. It's a great time to restart things. New Year's presents us with this time of what is possible. Now, here's a word of hope. If you are a child of God, then everything is possible. Every change is possible. In the 19th chapter of Matthew... If you don't believe me, you can listen to what Jesus said. In the 19th chapter of Matthew, Jesus said, specifically speaking to his disciples about salvation, Jesus said, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, everything is possible. No person in and of himself can go before a holy God with their best resume that they could put put together and be right with God and experience salvation. Humanly speaking, that's not going to happen. But with God, God can make even salvation possible. God can take a sinner like me and you and clean him up and make him right so that he can bust heaven wide open and not spend eternity in hell, which he deserves. God can do that because with God everything is possible. So if salvation is possible, then so is everything else with God. This is what he said. But with God everything is possible. All of our resolutions, hear me, all of our resolutions are on the table with God because God is everywhere present. God is all knowledgeable, God is all powerful. God is all. Now, don't misunderstand me because this is not a prosperity message. Just because you desire for all of these things, whatever riches and strengths you desire, they're not sure to come because we are still subject to God's will. But it certainly is a message to say that if you have a godly desire to get healthier, if you have a godly desire to get better, if you've got a godly desire to save more money, You've got a godly desire to get stronger in relationships. If you've got a godly desire to, to be more balanced in your life, to become smarter in 2021. If you've got a godly desire for all these things, they're certainly possible with God because of who he is and what that can be done through him. Now, of course, just as everything is possible with, with God, God does things according to his will. The scripture says that our God is in the heavens and he does what he wants to That does not say our God is in the heavens and and he does what we want him to do. But our God is in the heavens and he does as he wishes. Just because we factor God into our desires does not mean that he is the object of that desire. If our motives are far distant from God's glory... If our motives are far distant from the good of man, it may be a motive relative to vainglory or selfish pride and our desire with God. Listen, if our desire with God may truly be a desire that's for us and not of God. I say all of this to say, because that's half a message. All of this to say, to lay a foundation of where we want to go. As a church, y'all, as a church, we want to go from waiting on... To walking with. As a church, we want to go from this place of where transition was going to happen and getting back to church is going to happen and we hope we get back to groups and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. Even if we're waiting, we can still walk with God. Walking with God means all things are possible and certainly purposeful. Over the next three Sundays, we want to look in Scripture to people in the Bible that have actually recorded walked with God and what happens When they do. Because with God all things are possible. In Genesis chapter 5 verses 21 through 24. Genesis 5. 21 through 24. This is what the Bible says. When Enoch was 65 years old. Somebody say amen. When Enoch was 65 years old. He became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah. Enoch lived in close fellowship with God. For another 300 years. And he had other sons and daughters. And Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. And then one day, he disappeared because God took him. Amen? I don't even know what that looks like, but that's good. One day, God took him. Enoch is probably the godliest man you've never heard about. The scripture says that he's from the line of Seth. In chapter 5, he was from a line of godly people that first began to worship God by name. Says that in chapter 5, verse 26. For 300 years, he walked closely with God. Now, that's not said of many people in scripture. And then God took him to heaven in a way that he did not have to experience death. That's said of even less people in scripture. This is Enoch. But don't forget, this is the thing that you and I cannot forget. Enoch was just a guy, just a person like me and you. Just a person. He was a person in a long line of people. Look there in chapter 5. You'll see how everybody, in fact, everybody around him lived way longer than he did. But there was a turning point in his life. A turning point from which he went to weakness, from weakness to strength. He went from good to better. Am I the only person that's interested in that? I'm interested in that. I'm interested in seeing a guy in a list of names that stands out and is highlighted as walking with God. He didn't just worship God by name like I guess all the other guys did. This guy stood out as walking with God. With God, all things are possible and certainly purposeful. There was a turning point for 65 years. Enoch had something. I don't know what it was for 65 years He could have either not believed in God or believed in God, but he just said he did and had a decision one time. Are you hearing me? He had something before that 65th year when he had that son. Now, I think based on the language of the Scripture that he had a relationship with God. But regardless of what he had, when that son Methuselah was born, he had an awakening of sorts. Something came alive inside of him. and, And whatever his life alive looked like to God in that past lifetime of 65 years... He had a serious realization with the birth of his child that who he was was not who he needed to be. There was a desire on the inside of him for more, and there began a deeper level of commitment to who he believed and what he believed. It went deeper than what he already had. Let me tell you, this feeling is not uncommon. In my short stint in ministry, I've had conversation after conversation with young man who's about to have a child. And now that he's about to have a child and he realizes that his spiritual life is what it is and he's going to be responsible for the development life of another child, spiritual life gets real serious real quick. And they've come to me and talked to me and said, we need to get our life together. We need to get our baptism in order. We need to join a church. We need to start making changes because everything gets a little bit deeper once we become spiritually responsible for someone else. Once on a mission trip, myself, Alan, and Brother Dusty, I believe Miss Patsy was there, too. We went to Ecuador. Coming back from Ecuador, we're making our way home to Alabama. We're sitting in the uh, airport at somewhere in the United States about to make our way back to Huntsville. As we're sitting there, there's a, there's a guy that's, that's there with us. He's also making his way back to Huntsville. We're, stay, we're talking, and all of a sudden, as we're supposed to do, we try to turn the conversation towards things that are meaningful, Brother Dusty invited him to church. I remember that specifically because he used this phrase. He said, well, man, come on sometime and kick the tires. That sounds like our pastor, doesn't it? Sounds like our former senior pastor. And I remember us having this conversation, and, and we found out he and his wife, neither one of them were believers. Neither one of them believed in Jesus. Neither one of them were Christians. And then we began to talk about our church and where it is, and we told them about our Christian academy. We have a ministry here. As we were telling them about the ministries of our church. We have a ministry here, it's it's a school, it's it's a Lindsay Lane Christian Academy. Fully functioning, all these kinds of things. Now keep in mind, neither one, neither one of he nor his wife were a believer. And when we mentioned the Christian Academy, something perked within him because they had children. And he began to talk about how they need to consider that because there needs to be some spiritual formation and foundation in their children's life. Now I don't know if that family ever came to the Christian Academy, but here's what I do know. When we talked about church, for them, it didn't really connect and until we started talking about his children. Because when you start thinking about the spiritual formation of your children, you start thinking about God. That's what happened. Because you know, parents, can I get an amen? We can't do this on our own. We, we cannot raise children to acknowledge and follow hard after God on our own. That's a God-sized thing. So as we begin to talk about that in the ministries of our church that are available to their children, they begin to have that realization or at least factor in that if we want to do this thing right, we've got to have God. It's not an uncommon thing that Enoch was going through. He had a son. This was a big deal. There was a turning point. Now, you and I have to consider today where Enoch turned with that desire that was going on within him. You know what he didn't do? Enoch didn't start thinking about how he could create multiple streams of income to take care of his family. That's not what he did. Enoch did not start reading books on how he could be a better father for the next 300 years of his life. 300 years to a better parenting. He didn't start reading that book. There wasn't that book. That's a weird book. He didn't start doing that. He didn't start thinking about how can we give our children the best things that we can give them. How can we get them on the best teams? Get them in the best schools? How can we provide a way for them so that they can be taken care of? These are all the things that we think about. That's not what he started thinking about. This was deeper for him. It was a deeper level of responsibility. Again, we start thinking about eating right and earning more and spending less and making inroads and all these things. But what was going on in Enoch's spirit was greater than planning, prevention, protection, or provision. He wasn't thinking about New Year's resolutions. God was working up within him New Year's revolution. He needed to turn things around and get going where God was pulling him towards. There was a deeper, wide-reaching change that needed to happen in his own life in order to be influential to others so that it would count. It was deeper. So he went from whatever he had at 65 years of age to a life of close fellowship with God. Do you see the distinction that's made there in chapter 5 with all those other guys around him? But Enoch had a life that was close fellowship with God. At this age, at this stage, this grown man by the tug of God's spirit, no doubt, focused himself towards godliness. This was what God was working up within his spirit. What? A closer walk with thee. An actual forward movement, real walk with God. Because, y'all, when our lives are closely connected to God for real and we're walking with God, all those New Year's intentions and resolutions we have, those things, if they happen, will happen born out of God's Spirit for our good, but for His glory. That way it'll count. New Year's resolutions are either about us or about something greater than us. Some think that piety is sweet for little children. It's appropriate to see children do things that are big faith in God to teach us that lesson about how to really believe in God. Some think that's sweet for little kids. Some people think that godliness is a likely characteristic for a southern woman who stays in a marriage and is heading up in age and getting closer to God. That's good. That's what good godly southern women do. But for men, that's impossible. Guys, are you listening to me today? 65 years old. This man who was about to have a kid didn't think about earning more money. Didn't think about what he was known for in the community as a hard worker. Multiple streams of income. No, he started thinking about getting closer to God because when he got closer to God, everything was going to change for God's glory. See, no, guys, I'm just going to tell you. I'm a man just like you. I'm 38 years old. The older I get, the more set in my ways I get. But it still seems like the Spirit of God keeps tugging me to a closer walk with thee. And there ain't any way in this world that you and I can have what God is desiring for us in and of ourselves. But with God, it's on the table. It's on the table with God, guys. See, we think about children, yes, for children, yes, for women, good godly women, and they step up. Guys, what about us? Can I preach to us just for a minute? What about us men? We're going to lead in the community and not lead in the church? What about that? We're going to be out here working everything we can work. But when it comes time to step up in the church, now we can't do that because we ain't got our stuff together. So we can get it together out there. But in order for us to do it in here, we've got to start walking with God. Well, how about we just walk with God then? So that we can serve and volunteer and help and put things on the line that are going to matter in eternity. But these are the things we do. We do the things opposite of Enoch. We start thinking about everything else, about what we can do rather than walking with God, which is what God's Spirit is drawing us to a closer walk. So in 65 years, he had had this, but then he lived a life of close fellowship with God. In and of ourselves, men, we can do some things, but with God, we can do things that matter. Here's a takeaway today for all of us. Here's a takeaway. Don't dodge the drawing. Don't dodge the drawing. You can come up with resolutions on your own, but what God is drawing us to, if his spirit is drawing us to a closer walk, Don't dodge it. If God's Spirit is drawing you closer, don't prioritize losing weight over that. If God's Spirit is drawing us closer, don't prioritize earning more and spending less and achieving balance. These are all good things. But God would have you into a closer walk with thee above all of those things. That's our real fulfillment. See, what happens is is when we walk closer with God, God is going to give us the desires in our life that are going to benefit us but matter for his glory. Forever we know Enoch is not a man for working hard but a man for walking with. Whatever he had been was now different. As there began a walk after the turning point. There was a walk. Now, Scripture says Enoch lived in close fellowship with God. Scripture says Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. I'm going to tell you the truth, 365 years close with God. Now, when I read that in my flesh, my first instinct is to think, how in the world did he do that? Can somebody be honest with me in here? How does that even happen? How does he do that? But then in my spirit, I really believe God puts that in the Scripture so that we can know it's possible, church. So that for the rest of our life, we can walk in close fellowship with God. If we're not going to make it past 120, but he did it 365, I guess we can have a chance at it. Enoch lived in a close fellowship with God 365 years, walked in close fellowship with God. What does that look like? Is that where you get to when we start thinking about these things? I know I do. What does that look like? Well, before the first sin, there was a, a close And almost kind of a casual atmosphere in the garden. As God was there and he was walking amongst his creation including man and woman. Adam and Eve lived in this location where God walked. Adam and Eve there, the scripture says that after they ate of that tree in the middle of the garden. The scripture says in Genesis chapter 3 verses 6 through 8. They hid from the Lord God among the trees. You know what that means? They sinned, got ashamed of it, and that created the distance between them and God. Had it not been for sin, Adam and Eve would have been walking in that garden with God. Can you imagine that? Had it not been for sin, there would have been no distance. They would have been walking in close fellowship with God. Well, the word "walked" in Genesis chapter 3 is a similar wording found in Genesis chapter 5. Now, that ought to make you excited. Here's why. Because you can walk with God even after sin comes down. Enoch began to walk with God even after the fall. So, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let that be a word of hope to you today. If you come in here in January thinking it's going to be the same, I always try to get it right, and no, I don't. Well, confess your sins, let him forgive you and clean you up of all of it, and get up and walk. Because there can be a walk with God even after sin. If we are in Christ, covered by his blood, through faith and repentance, we can have a close walk with God. Now, this is the part I love. I've loved all of it and to this point. I don't know how you feel about it, but I love this part too. This walk... With God, by definition, and what I've studied, is a stroll. It's a stroll with God. Now, a stroll is not mall walking. Y'all ever seen a mall walker? For any of you that do mall walking, y'all need to just check yourself based on your appearance. I know you need to do you and do that thing, but man, it is a weird look. Mall walking while everybody is casually shopping and you're just getting after it and all this. That is something else. You need to take a look at that and just... You know, I, I want you to be yourself and, and stay healthy, but that's a weird look walking through those malls like that. But a stroll with God is not, it's not a mall walk. A stroll with God is not a march. A stroll with God is not a time to run. Listen to this. A stroll is an unhurried walk. That's a challenge, isn't it? It's an unhurried walk. Now, there's two things I want you to know about a stroll. A stroll indicates a right and real relationship. Taking a stroll with someone indicates a right and real relationship. We, we live in a neighborhood. There's one cul-de-sac and houses on both sides and around. And sometimes our family goes and we walk. We walk the neighborhood. Last week, our kids and I, we got out, walked down to the inn, walked back. It wasn't a mall walk, it wasn't a march wasn't a time run. We took a stroll together. We talked together. My wife and I, every once in a while, we'll get out and walk together. Sometimes we solve the world's problems. She'll listen to me talk about y'all. And uh, I'm kidding. She'll, but she'll listen as I'm venting to her. She'll vent to me. We'll solve the world's problems. Sometimes we just walk as friends and we just talk. We just walk together. You know what I don't do? I don't walk down to the end of the neighborhood, and I don't knock on the door to, to a neighbor down there and say, Hey, man, would you care to take a stroll with me? You know what invite your wife to would you and your wife care to really get out there and open things up between us talk about things that matter would y'all like to go on a walk with me this fine afternoon you know I don't do that you know why I don't do that because that's weird <laughs> that's weird It would be weird because I don't have a, a, a right and real relationship with everybody on our street. So for me to invite them to come together to take a little stroll and casually talk about things that matter, that's weird. Can I ask you a very serious, simple question today? Are things weird between you and God? Is there a disconnect? When you talk to Him, you don't feel anything. You know something there. You know the reason why you can't talk to Him. Like you used to could. Are things weird between you and God? Raising your hands and worship don't happen anymore. Maybe there's a part of you used to pray for one thing. Now you don't pray for it anymore. It's not been a closer walk with thee. There's not been much untimed, casual stroll with God. Things are just weird. What do we do about that? Because that's what we're really looking at is there's a walk with God. What does that look like? Maybe walking with, relating to God is weird because you don't really know what you believe at all. Maybe maybe you're a student, teenager, college, maybe maybe you're an older person, you come to church on Sundays, you don't even know why. You don't even know what it is that you believe. And so let me tell you today, God is real, still on the throne, man, seek him. You seek him, you'll find him, you need to do it now. If things are weird between you and God, then, then seek God while you can find him and call on him while he's near, is what the Bible says. Seek him now. And maybe it's because we are a Christian and we know it's just like the garden. There's sin in our life. It needs to be confessed. It needs to be forsaken. There's no freedom and forgiveness. And there's no casual walk with God because we're all bound up in sin. And all the praying we do is just confession of sin. And that's why things are weird. God's right and real. He's ready for you to confess your sin to him. Ready for you to begin to walk in anew in the mercies that he gives every morning. Don't let all that stuff linger. God's listening. God, you're here today. God's word's being preached. The spirit of God is working on your heart and mind. God is ready for you to come back. Ready for you to repent. Ready for you to seek forgiveness. So that instead of waiting on, now you'll be walking with. Some of us have been waiting on a revelation or something different for years and years. Waiting on a feeling. Just walk with him every day. A stroll indicates a right and real relationship. A stroll, secondly, also indicates a steady, forward, progressive movement. We're going places. We're going farther than we have. When our family takes these walks in our neighborhood, we don't walk to the end of the driveway and walk back. Y'all ready to go again? To the end of the driveway. Walk back. You know what we do? We go as far as we can go. I wonder if we have that that mindset within our relationship with God. We go as far as we can go. Or this is where we're we're never going to be a teacher because we keep saying this stuff about how God didn't make us a teacher. We keep putting all that out there. Even though God's called us to make disciples, we're still going to make excuses because we're going to go this far, and that's all we do. We're going to serve in this way because nobody bothers us anymore to do anything about anything else. So we're just going to stay right here because it feels great. This is what we're going to do because we go to the end of the driveway and we come back. Well, God wants to take us as far as he can take us. How far? 365 years of walking with him. Guarantee you what happened in Enoch's life was evangelism, discipleship, missions, service. He reached in, he reached out. If he was walking with God, these are all the outcomes. And so if you are, you're, you're walking with God, you're working with God, a stroll indicates a forward progressive movement. This stroll looks like a dedicated desire to know God's word, to be led of his spirit, to live for his glory. One theologian I studied said this, walking with God is to make his word our rule and his glory our end in all actions. Now we can think of this as a discipline and I know sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes we don't feel like waking up and reading our word and things like that. And I understand that too. And that's why you have to build in spiritual disciplines. I get all of that. But sometimes we got to come to the end of our feelings and realize what God has done for us and have a little bit of devotion in that discipline. Because God is good. He's created us. He's drawn us to the truth. He has saved us. He's cleaned us up, forgiven us again and again. Seventy times seven kind of forgiveness. So there needs to be some devotion to this walking. Not just, i got to get up and read my devotions. i got to go to church. We've got to do this. We get to do this. This is a privilege to worship and serve God Almighty. Enoch is mentioned. He's one of those guys that's mentioned in both the Old Testament and New Testament. So you know he's good. He's an all-star. He's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 in the Faith Hall of Fame. And this is, if we're thinking about what does a walk with God really look like, listen to the scripture about what it says about what this looked like in his own life. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, the Bible says, For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. He was known as a person who pleased God, which means this. It was his very reputation amongst people known to consider what God wanted from him in his life. That's what he was known for. I'm going to do some of y'all's funeral. What do y'all want me to tell them? Brother Dusty's going to do a lot of y'all's funerals too. We may go before y'all, I guess. Somebody's going to have to stand up and talk about us. What do I want somebody standing on my behalf to tell somebody? Things they have to create or things they just know already? What's it going to be? yeah I'll get to this I'll say this at the end I'm good with deathbed confessions I absolutely believe that we can confess our sin and turn from our sins and turn to God right as we are about to die I believe that but I don't want to have a deathbed confession kind of funeral can you hear me yeah he got right with the Lord right at the end come on come on we in here we hear more than this don't you want more than that with God that's possible certainly purposeful What does it look like? The scripture goes on to say in chapter 11, verse 6. goes on to say words that are very familiar. And it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him, remember, this is them speaking of Enoch. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Those who sincerely seek him is spoken in the context of Enoch. It was a sincere seeking, a faithful, sincere seeking of God every day till all those days add up to 365 years. Did Enoch, you see, this is what the thing we think. Did Enoch not have a job though? Like, did he not, did he get up and just go to church every day and sit in the temple? Like, what, what was his life like? If you look in the scripture, you'll notice after it says that he walked with God between the two times, it says he walked with God. He had more children. Which means he had earthly responsibilities. He was a husband. He was a father. He had to provide for them. So he's got all the things that we got. It's the same. He's got all the things. Of course he was all of these things. If you read that in Genesis chapter 5. But even with all of his responsibility. He was not known. Even for his fatherhood. Or being a husband. Or for being a hard worker guys. What he was known for. Was walking with God desiring to please him faithfully seeking him with all sincerity how do we do it again ask that question how do we do it can i give you something to put in your pocket and take home with you do something different do something different you keep doing the same thing you're going to get the same results do something different y'all been looking for a group for how long hadn't landed You've been looking for a church for how long? Hadn't landed? How about get in one and stay in it for a little while and begin to get to know people so you can love on them? Do something different. If you need to study the Word of God, stop going online every single second seeking out which person and pastor you like the most. Get yourself from a row to a circle and study God's Word together with real people that are going through the real same things. Do something different. I'm so glad for the technology we have. God means for us at some point, and it's not time to preach it yet, and when it is, I'm gonna preach it. But at some point, you've gotta be around people so that you can make an impact in the lives of people and so that people can make an impact in your life. Do something different. If it's weird between you and God, come to church more than once in six months. Do something different. If your marriage is not going well, Lord willing, we're going to have a marriage conference in a little while. Don't do this thing where we're too far gone. That's right. Just sit at home and wallow in it. Do something different. Your parenting's not going that well. I'm glad you mentioned that because this Wednesday night we got a featured group called Parenting Like a Flawed Family. That's not the exact name, but it's in there. And I know it has flawed family in there. You know what that means? Every one of us fits in that category. That's why we said that. Because whatever you got, we're all a flawed family because we know the weaknesses that we have. How about trying it out? Wednesday night? I don't know about yeah. Wednesday night? Give me a break. We control our time. Take control of your time. Hey, if you lead people out in the community, take Wednesday night off so some of these folks can to come to church. You're leading it. If we're Christians. And we're leading in the community, and people can't get to church on Wednesday nights because we scheduled something else. You're going to stand before God for that. Woo! Hey, do something different. How about that? Different results, do something different. Seek out discipleship. You want foundation? You, you need to go further in your walk? Well, stop trying to do it on your own. Do something different. There's a realization. Here's the deal, though. There's something else. It's not just a scheduled thing. It's not just something we put on our calendar. It's also a realization that it's not all just about discipline. It's a realization that God's Spirit is in us. And this is a walk because He's with us. He's with us. So it's a daily desire, a moment-by-moment choice. This is, this is a walk with God that's ongoing because he resides in this temple. There was a walk. There was a turning point. There was a walk. And finally, there was a result. The Bible says in Enoch, in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. Y'all, God just took him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, the Bible says, It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. He was known as a person who pleased God. One of the certain results that we know, because we're talking about with God, one of the certain results that we know of was a life that counted. It counted. He's forever remembered in both testaments of scripture 65 years of his life was one thing 300 years of his life was quite another as it was highlighted in scripture and what we're preaching on today we're not preaching about the first 65 preaching on the next 300 this is what happens with God he was known as a person who pleased God y'all know what y'all know there's a difference just like I do between a Christian and a person that's walking with God now that's hard to take I know I know that that we have a little bit of trouble probably with that maybe in our theology or doctrine or whatever. But we know the difference. We know the real deal life difference between somebody who's checked a box, made a decision, and somebody that's walking with God. Students, if you're a teenager in this place, listen up. If you're a teenager, you know the difference in your school right now within your classes from those folks who claim Christianity and those kids that are walking with God. They're seeking Him right now. They don't let anybody look down on them because they're young. And in the days they've got in their youth, they are seeking God with their youth. You know the difference, and I know the difference between those people. Young adults that are college age, you know the difference between those that attend a service every once in a while. They check in to church every once in a while. You know the difference between those that claim Christianity and those that are not giving their youth away to the world. They're walking with God, and you know it. You know the difference. I'll tell you the truth. When people that I'm around or will have a closer walk with God than I do, I want that. I know the difference. Adults, we're the same. We know the difference. We know whether or not we, if we are in Christ, we know the difference if we're a Christian or we're walking with God. 65 years was something. It may have been what we've got. 300 was a closer walk with thee. This is what happens with God. Listen, I read this this week. It's not always those that walk most intimately with God that are the most famous on earth, but heaven takes notice. I mean, Enoch's got like this much in the Bible in both places. That's it. Seriously, that's it. And, and sometimes, see, walking with God is not something that you can brag about on Facebook. Walking with God is not something that you can update daily on Instagram or social media. Day one, walking with God. Day two, I don't even know why we do that in the first place. But it's not something that's built for vainglory. Walking with God is about God and what God can do for you till he takes you on. That's what it's about. It's about the glory of God. Now, as I understand it, and this is the last few paragraphs I've gotten, last page. As I understand it, Enoch is one of only two. The other one being Elijah. In the scriptures that are not listed as dying, but just being taken up. God just took them up. Enoch, what we're told of him is he walked so closely with God, God just said, you know, before the flood comes, I'm going to get you on out of here, brother. And there's this biblical truth to the fact that if we are still alive when Jesus comes, and I've had a person ask me before, do you think that's real? Do you think that he's going to come on back while we're alive? They said, when do you think it's going to happen? I said, I don't know, but it's going to be sooner than it was today and yesterday. So we're getting there. And the scripture says, we who are alive when Jesus comes back will not die, but we will be caught up in the air to meet the Lord. That's according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. That's where we get the up and down, because we, we've been told again that Enoch was taken up. That's why we associate heaven with up and hell with down. So, so we will be caught up in the air to meet the Lord if Jesus comes back before we die. But let me, let me tell you this. Of all these folks that you know and I know and that are in the scriptures and that in the whole world, according to the Bible, only two of those have been taken up by God. If I were you, I'd go ahead and prepare for death. I heard we were watching a movie last week. Hope I get this right because it's not in the notes, but we were watching a movie last week. The movie was about a father who lost his son in war, and he was still bitter about it and dealing with it, but this is what he said. He said, I didn't raise my son up to die. And, and something in my spirit caught a check because I think we ought to be doing that. Y'all, it's appointed unto man wants to die and then the judgment. A wise person, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, thinks a lot about death. All of this that's going on in our atmosphere right now is causing us to think a lot about death. Don't dodge the drawing. Don't dodge it. Stop thinking about how it's surely going to be all right, and I'm going to get over everything. Something's going to get us sometime. This is not, I know, it's just don't put a smile on your face. I get it. But it's the reality that we must think about. Death. The, the Bible says it's wiser to appear, uh, uh, appear at funerals than at parties because funerals have a sobering effect on us to get us to think about what it is that's actually real. Regardless of what you think, listen to me. There's a future state of being that everyone will experience when the last breath breath is taken or the trumpet sounds. There will be a future state of being. And that state of being is going to be up or down, in or out, with God or without Him based on His terms. If we remain within ourselves and in our sin and think we've got a good enough resume to get in, we remain separate from God. To be with God on His terms is to believe, to full-fledged heart, mind, and life commitment believe that Jesus is the way to God, that God has given of Himself to make a way for you and me to be right with God. The life of Jesus shows us how to live. The death of Jesus was sacrificial in our place for the sin death we deserved. And then Jesus, in all the power of God, got up from that grave. And when He got up from that grave, We who are in Christ will also rise because of him. This is the gospel good news. There is a future state of being and God would have you be with him. To God be the glory. Because to be with God, all things are possible. And with God, all change is purposeful. Don't let the day get by you before you consider the next step that God would have you to take. For some of us, we need to get saved today, y'all. It's just not even right, not even real with us. We need to forget about who's looking at us when we walk the aisle. We need to walk the aisle. We need to start off January right. We need to call upon the name of the Lord. The best way we know how, we need to turn from ourselves and our sin and turn to God through Jesus. We need to do it. Some of us, we know we're right with God. We're just walking at a guilty distance, and we need to hit this altar. We need to hit our pew or wherever it is, and we need to confess and forsake our sin. For some of us, it may be a next step. We, we need to be baptized. We need to be a, a first step of obedience baptized. And then we need to join the church today. It's time to think about, hey, we, we've got to put down roots. We've got to anchor down somewhere. I want it to be here. We're going to join this church, and we're going to serve God faithfully within this body of believers. What is the change that God would have you to take today? We're going to talk about this all month, but today is the day of salvation, amen? What is the change that God would have you to make? Because with God, all things are possible and purposeful. Let's stand to our feet. Oh, Lord, we open up this altar. This is your altar. This is your church. And so, God, we, I pray, oh, Lord, that everything that's been said starts with me. Lord, there'll be a closer walk of my own life. All the things that you've shown me, God, that I would get over myself and seek hard after you, Lord. Lord, I pray for our church today. I pray, oh, God, for those who know you. Lord, for those who are, are, are experiencing the same drawing, God, that we would seek to consider all that you want us to do in every moment, every situation. God, that we would sincerely seek you by faith. Lord, if there's a next step that we need to take according to your word to be baptized, be part of the church. Lord, that we would do that. Even if we don't know what it looks like, that we would talk to somebody here. Oh, Lord, I, I pray today, oh God, especially for those that need to be saved. God, if today is the day of salvation. That the best way that they know how, they call upon your name to be saved. Lord, that they would talk with us and let us help them through that. Just pray, O Spirit of God, you guide us in the truth, O Lord. Lead us into a, a new year that would be for your glory, for the good of this community. In Jesus' name, amen. The altar's open for you.